Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Welcome to another episode of the Grit and Gridiron podcast brought to you courtesy of the Barn Burner Podcast Network. I am your host, Mason Massey, and today we have a celebratory episode as we are going to discuss the Tigers' win over conference opponent. I don't know if they're a rival, but they're definitely an opponent we look forward to playing each and every year, a game that the team gets up for, and that is the Naval Academy. And Memphis pulled out a 35-23 win over the midshipmen. So if you are one who partakes in sports gambling uh, and you took the Tigers, you might be happy depending on where you got the line. I believe it started around 12. You could get it down to a 10.5 closer to game time. So just depending on where you took that line uh, depends on if you're happy or if you got a push. Um, The Tigers really... Stepped it up in the second half of this game. I mean, the first half was nothing to write home about. At one point, Memphis was trailing 20-7 to with seven minutes left in the half, and it really kind of felt like doomsday for the Tigers. Uh, fans were not happy with the performance of Brady White and really just the offense in general. Um, so let's just jump right in. Navy got the opening kickoff. And on their very first play from scrimmage, they ran a counter play, which was pretty effective all throughout the first half. Uh, this, this particular counter went for a 41-yard gain on the first play from scrimmage. And Navy just marched down the field, uh, led a lot of small three, four, five-yard runs. They had a 10-play drive uh, that encapsul- encapsulated 75 yards, and it was capped off by a touchdown by quarterback Malcolm Perry who punched it in from about the half yard line and the Tigers defense they tried to hold strong after that initial big game Um, they forced Navy to get to fourth and goal like I said down there right on the one yard line and then Perry punched it in Um, so that was deflating a bit for the Tigers but Memphis got the ball back uh, via touchback and on their very first play from scrimmage Brady White handed it to the freshman phenom Kenneth Gainwell who took it 75 yards to the house for a score. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I really believe Gainwell has the potential to be one of the top three backs in program history if he stays healthy. Getting a, you know, a good start like this on his freshman year after having the four games last year, really the first uh, set, uh, the first class that has been able to utilize that to their advantage. So I think he's going to have a chance to jump up the record books throughout his career as long as he stays healthy. The kid is special. On this play, Obena Easy got a big block. Um, the whole line, I mean, Gainwell had a tunnel to run through, and I don't think he got touched until he got to about the Navy five-yard line 
when a defender tried to get a shoestring tackle, uh, but Gainwell ended up diving into the end zone for the score. Um, so there we have it, 7-7. Seven to seven, where Tiger fans are excited. Memphis is right back in the game. But uh, the rest of the first half for Memphis offensively was not very good. I just told you that Gainwell ran for 75 yards on that one play, but the Tigers would finish with only 69 yards rushing in the entire first half. And that was basically because Navy had six tackles for loss for a total of minus 38 yards in said first half. And they were just blowing up plays in the backfield. I mean, Brady was trying to hand it off to Gainwell. And as soon as the ball was hitting Gainwell's stomach, he was getting hit. I mean, it was just some plays where he legit had no chance. Um, And after that first possession, when we had the big score... This is how the the next couple of offensive possessions went, or, or really the rest throughout the half. Uh, we had a three and out, then we had another three and out, then we moved the ball a little bit after we recovered a fumble on the handoff, and this was probably our second best drive of the half. Um, Malcolm Perry and Nelson Smith on Navy, they, they just, you know, when you run that option, sometimes you think someone's going to pull and they don't, just... They just had a miscommunication, and Bryce Huff was able to recover the fumble. Well, we moved the ball inside the 10-yard line, and Brady uh, takes the snap, and a guy's coming from his right, the left of the defensive line, uh, untouched. Clearly, I believe Brady missed that read. Um, just the guy was coming after him, and Brady tried to scramble, not scramble for like a first down or anything, but scramble for his life. And the defender knocked the ball out of his hands, and his teammate recovered it, so Navy took over. Um, And then Memphis had a return touchdown, and then they had another three and out. So that is three three and outs after the first first 75-yard touchdown run by Gainwell. And the fumble by Brady, you have a return touchdown in there, which we'll get to in a bit. And then the the final three and out, which resulted in – it wasn't a three and out. It resulted in a 53-yard missed field goal by Riley Patterson, which had the distance. I mean, it looked like it would have been good from 56 or maybe even longer than that. He just hooked it a little bit. Um, Sometimes that can happen on long long kicks. But Riley Patterson did go five for five on his extra points, which is what we needed in this game. So, like I said, the Memphis offense in the first half was definitely nothing to write home about. Uh, Only had 98 total yards. Only had the ball for 7 minutes and 8 seconds. And only ran 15 plays, 0 for 3 on third downs. So, Tigers fans were feeling, we're like, not again. Navy is going to do this to us once again. You know, we got all this excitement going into the season, and then we run into the buzzsaw that is Navy, who's really not that great, but just a tough team to figure out. But not so fast. Um, before we get to the second half, I'll I'll kind of hit on what Navy did. And each of the times that Navy scored a touchdown, their drives had a big chunk play of at least 25 yards. So I told you about the first play of the game when they ran that counter um, and ended up scoring on the Malcolm Perry touchdown. Well, after a punt on their third drive, uh, Jaleel Clemens had a big hit on Malcolm Perry, and that was the first time Perry had to go out of the game with the injury. He would go out, I believe, two more times just because the Tigers' defense, they've got some hard hitters, man. This isn't the first time we've seen them 
knock a quarterback or a running back out of the game. And I don't think it's anything dirty at all. I just think these guys are looking to hit you. They're flying around, uh, especially last night. So many guys were all over the place. Sanchez Blake led the team in tackles. But uh, Jaleel Clemens had this particular hit on Perry. But Perry's a tough guy, man. He's from Clarksville, Tennessee. Got right back in the game. Uh, the the chunk play on this particular drive, which was Navy's third of the game, was a pitch to Makaku, who ended up with 101 yards for the midshipman. He took this one 25 yards. Um, and then Perry capped off this drive with a touchdown pass to Chance Warren. Uh, he dropped it right in where only his receiver could get it. Warren beat T.J. Carter, uh, the Tigers' number one corner on the play. And honestly, it was it was just a perfect pass. I'm sure, TJ could have been a little bit closer, but you don't really expect Malcolm Perry <clears throat> to drop that dime in there like he did, even though Navy has attempted to open up their offense, I guess you would say. I mean, it's, it's still a triple option offense, but they haven't incorporated some of the run and shoot in there for when they need to score points quickly. Um, Perry, he... He completed, I believe it was like 6 of 10 passes for 82 yards. So nothing great, but he did have that touchdown pass and another chunk play. Um, I already mentioned the fumble on the exchange between Nelson Smith, the Navy fullback, who that guy, when he's in at fullback, it's a game changer because he can hit the hole so quickly um and their backup fullback who had to play mo the whole second half and some of the second quarter after nelson smith got hurt which was a big turning point for the tigers he got hurt just before malcolm perry scored his third touchdown of the game which he rushed in um not after the the drive in which they fumbled on the when they got the ball back Perry had another big pass. This one was to Ryan Mitchell down the middle uh, for 48 yards. And then uh, on the play before Perry was able to punch it in from one yard out, uh, Nelson Smith got hurt blocking for Perry. Um, So that was Perry's three TDs. He had two rushing from less than one yard, and then he had the touchdown pass to Warren, as I mentioned. Um, And after... The third touchdown, which put Navy up 20-7 to because their kicker missed the second extra point. Gabe Rogers took one 99 yards to the house. Uh, special teams, you. Shout out to Coach Pete Limbo for keeping the tradition going strong. Um, this is the Tigers' second kick return. If you remember, they also had a punt return earlier in the season for a touchdown. Um, and Memphis... In addition to Gabe Rogers' 99-yard kick return, Antonio Gibson, uh, he averaged 46.8 yards per return. Uh, The special teams unit all around was really good. Adam Williams had some nice punts um, from Lebanon, Tennessee. uh, I I mentioned Riley Patterson missed that field goal, but this return by Rogers, getting back to that, was such a big play for the Tigers because the offense couldn't get anything going. Um, And this gives you a chance to go into halftime only down one score. Um, And that's what Memphis did as they were able to hold Navy on the final drive to a field goal attempt, and Navy's kicker missed. I believe it was like a 49-yarder. So you go into halftime, and you're down 
14 to 20, but you've been outgained 292 yards to 98. Uh, Navy's time of possession was 22-52 to just 708 for Memphis. I already mentioned Memphis ran just 15 plays while Navy ran 50. Uh, and Navy was 6-10 on third downs at 60%, and then they were 2-3 of three on fourth downs, um, while Memphis was 0-3 on third downs. So really, Memphis had nothing going for it other than the Gainwell 75-yard play and Gabe Rogers' huge, huge kickoff return, which was beautifully set up by the 10 other guys on the field. Um, the blocking was amazing. Of course, Rogers still has to do a good job of reading that and making the play. Uh, Rogers is a junior. He's a community college transfer from, I believe it's Jones Community College. That's out there in Jackson, Mississippi, which is where Gabe is from. So shout out to Jackson, Mississippi. Shout out to Gabe Rogers, really making his uh, first big play as a Tiger. He's been on special teams a little bit, but that's the first time a lot of us have really heard his name called in that type of primetime spot. Um, Then... So we get the ball to start the second half, and Antonio Gibson already mentioned how he had, he averaged 46.8 yards per kick return, which he's, he's second in the American Athletic Conference in kick return average, which is pretty good. Uh, definitely can't complain about that. And then Rodgers had the 99-yard return. So just our special teams unit is doing really good, and they kept us in this game, and it – they're going to have to continue to produce throughout the season, which I think they will. Um, it's amazing how once you kind of fall into the niche of being good on special teams that you continue to be good, and it will be a sad day if we ever see that fall off. But Gibson, on the return to open the third quarter, he was one move away. He tried to hurdle the kicker. And the kicker flipped him. And I know Antonio would love to have that back. I don't know if he could have done anything differently. uh, But you just hate to get stopped by the kicker. However, Memphis was the beneficiary of a late hit on that return. And they were able to start at the Navy 47. Which, throughout the second half, that was a theme. Navy got a late hit. They had a horse collar penalty uh, on Kenneth Gainwell. They had a delay of game, uh, I believe a false start. And this is the least penalized team in the conference and one of the most pen- one of the least penalized teams in the nation on a yearly basis. So this was huge for them and it really allowed Memphis to kind of get back in the game. Unfortunately, on this particular drive, Memphis went three and out. Uh, and th- on this drive, Brady had a wide open DeMonte. Coxie, Coxie, um, on the right sideline. And it also appeared that White had about 15 yards that he could have gained uh, if he would have tucked it and ran for the first down. Uh, and this brought out some boo birds from Tiger fans. It definitely was a bad throw. Brady will be the first to tell you that. But luckily, that was kind of a turning point in the game for Brady. And as we'll get into as we move forward... The rest of the night was pretty damn good for Brady White. He really turned it up and led the the, the charge in the second half. So uh, after this three and out, our defense forced the Navy three and out. And then on the ensuing drive, which was a six-play drive, went uh, Brady White went three for three to Kadarian Jones alone. 
um, at, well, at three for three total on that drive, and he capped it with the five-yard touchdown pass as he rolled out to his left and hit uh, Jones doing a out route right on the goal line, got into the end zone. Also on that play, Kenny Gainwell had a positive gain for 16 yards, which was really nice to see. It kind of it looked it definitely was Memphis going to some short routes to get Brady White uh, in a rhythm, but also to be able to offset the blitzing that Navy was doing. I think the the play calls got a lot better, and I also think Brady White uh, kind of locked in. Like it didn't seem like he was reading the uh, the defense well in the first half, as I mentioned, but in the second half he wasn't just left for dead, and a lot of that is on him relaying the calls to his teammates, recognizing what the defense is doing. So that touchdown put the Tigers up 21-20. to Kadarian Jones, uh, the senior, of course, who's stepping up in the absence of Pop Williams. Um, then Navy got the ball back, and Makaku, who was the 100-yard rusher, he took a counter for a first, but then he too was injured. So that's Nelson Smith, Navy starting fullback. Then Makaku, who had ran for 100 yards midway through the third quarter uh, on just eight carries. So you got him out. You got Perry banged up after hits from Clemens. Uh, JoJo Dorsey has absolutely swallowed him one time. And then he, he had another hit where his back was hurting. So definitely Perry wasn't feeling 100%. And you, you kind of saw that on his passes in the second half. They that they didn't really have the zip on them that they had in the first pass or maybe you know it, that's just him as a passer I'm not sure but it definitely looked like he was injured um so Navy yeah after Makaku runs for that first down on yet another counter which gave the Tigers fits um the defense really turned it up Zay Collins had two big stops and uh Adam Fuller rotated so many linebackers, linemen. It seemed like about 20, 22 guys were getting solid reps on the defense. And Zay Collins was the beneficiary of that. Of course, he had an interception earlier in the year. But he had two big plays on Navy's second drive of the third quarter. And I thought that drive, after we took the lead, really set the tone for the rest of the game. The defense was like, all right, we're not here to play anymore. We're, we're turning it up a notch. And they were flying through gaps. I mean, Everybody had big plays. It wasn't just one player at all. Um, So Memphis forces the punt on that one. Then we get two penalties to start the drive. So it's first and 25 when Brady hits Trayvon Samuel. Oh, oh, no, he just hands it off to him. And he gets like a 16-yard game. He's cutting up field. Um, One of his nicer plays in a Tigers uniform, honestly. You you see the electricity in him, and it's just going to be a matter of time before he breaks one of these plays for a touchdown. But uh, Memphis was facing, I believe it was third and 13, and Brady found Antonio Gibson uh, down the middle on a post route for a 73-yard touchdown. It was, as I tweeted when it happened, it was the bomb that Memphis fans have yearned for. The, The play we have longed for, the play we've needed to see to provide us that hope in Brady White. Uh, and, and this touchdown to Gibson was his third on the season, and he's got six catches total on the season. Uh, he he is who I predicted to step up in the wake of Pop Williams' injury. Uh, of course, Kadarian Jones had already already been starting, but Gibson has just shown that he can make plays, and he's going to get that opportunity now. 
um, whether it's returning kicks, uh, offensively, he looks like somebody that we're going to count on for the rest of the season. So Tigers go up 28-20. Then Navy is moving the ball pretty well. They face a third and long, and they try to run the counter again. O'Brien Goodson did a great job of stuffing that, holding Navy to a field goal. So then it's 23-28. Navy kind of took back a little momentum with that score. But uh, when as Kenny Gainwell ran for a first down and got out of bounds on the ensuing Memphis possession, the Navy defender committed yet another penalty. That was a horse collar I referenced earlier. Uh, some called it a horse collar. Some called it a late hit. The ref said horse collar, and the announcers were calling it a late hit. Um, so that added 15 yards to Gainwell's first down run. And then Brady was able to find uh, DeMonte Coxey, who... Is still leading the team in targets, but he hasn't really had that breakout year that some of us were hoping for. I think that means he's due for a big game soon. But uh, Brady did find him for a touchdown, his third touchdown or his third different receiver that he hit for a touchdown, and that would be the Tigers' final score of the day as we go up thirty-five to twenty-eight. And then uh, Navy, I believe, went for it on fourth down, didn't get it, and then Memphis was able to take five minutes off the clock um, from like nine minutes to four minutes at just running running the ball, getting some first downs, and then they punted it back to Navy with a little over two minutes left. And uh, Sanchez Blake capped off his nine-tackle day with an interception to seal the deal. Um, Austin Hall and Tim Hart both finished with seven tackles. Uh, Morris Joseph... He had a big sack in that fourth quarter, his first sack as a Tiger, a junior college transfer. And if you if you look at my Twitter, at BarnburnerSlim, uh, his friends are showing him a lot of love on that sack. They're very proud of him. Uh, been a long time coming for Mojo, so looking forward to what he can pr- provide the rest of the season. But he, he also had six tackles uh, as a lineman that's really good. Uh, J.J. Russell and Thomas Pickens joined Hall and Hart, uh, the the linebacking crew, as they had six tackles. Like I said, everyone on this defense played well. Uh, A few slip-ups here and there, three big chunk plays that led to the three Navy scores. But other than that, this defense, who in the first half was on the field quite a bit, which is probably why Adam Fuller rotated what seemed to be more than usual, uh, rotated his guys in and out. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I haven't dove in depth to that, but that's what it seemed to me happened yesterday. Shout out to the defense, though. They, they truly, truly look legit. They're the number one pass defense in the American Conference and, and probably still in the nation. I haven't looked that up. I just looked in the conference, only allowing 103 passing yards per game, which, again, we've played Navy, South Alabama, Southern, and Ole Miss. So not exactly a murderer's row, but still something to be proud of. Only 15.8 points allowed through four games. You'll take that any day of the week. And and conversely, our offense is averaging 36.8 points per game. Uh, and the defense is only giving up 263 yards per game. So you, you, you're you really proud of what Adam Fuller and that defensive unit has been able to accomplish so far this year. We expected them to be better than last year just because so many guys returned. 
but also bringing Adam Fuller over from Marshall, the highest paid assistant on the team. Uh, just really, really proud of this defense. I tweeted it last night. I love this defense. Like I can't put it into words. TJ Carter is not getting the interceptions that we're, we were hoping for. But again, we haven't played a passing team. They are going to get tested soon enough. Uh, maybe not next week against Louisiana Monroe, but as we get into the Tulane and Temples of the world, uh, we'll, we'll get to see what they're really made of. But for right now, they look legit. Um, Memphis finished with 105 rushing yards on the game, so we only gained 30 more yards on the ground after the initial Gainwell 75-yard touchdown run. Gainwell did crack 100 yards once again. He had 104 um, he's the only player in the American Athletic Conference to average over 100 yards per game. He's sitting at 102.8 uh, through the four games that we've played. So really good to see him breaking out. He's got 411 rushing yards uh, and four touchdowns on the ground to go along with 508 all-purpose yards, which, again, is good for first in the conference. Um, Brady White finished the game against Navy 14 of 18 for 196 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, He's the highest efficiency rating in the American. He's completed 73% of his passes. He's got eight touchdowns. And listen, the talk of the game last night was Brady White in the first half. Uh, Is he really this bad? No, he's not as bad as he showed in the first half, and he's not as great as he's shown in points either. That's kind of what makes him an iffy quarterback is consistency or lack thereof and Mike Norvell trust him so far he's done what he's needed to uh, to get this team wins not only wins we have covered the spread in every game we've played this season so that says something we've, we've you know overperformed the expectations that the geniuses in Vegas have put on this team so you have to appreciate that for what it is and honestly you, you have to appreciate Brady White for what it is uh, even though he's a little older, he's still a college student, a young man, still molt, like growing into what he's going to become. And the way he's handled this situation has been great. Like I, I, it, I'm sure people have talked about it on the radio all day, but it's just not some like it's not how you expect a kid to react when he's getting booed constantly, and there's these kinds of questions floating around every day. People tagging him on Twitter, like it amazes me. People are not scared to tag tag their players on Twitter when they're talking about how bad they are like I don't know man I just can't do that like that's that's rude maybe maybe I'm not man enough but I I think that's rude um Brady White I'm proud of you continue to get better the first half yeah it was ugly and Brady White said as much after the game said he wasn't himself um so watch the film get better see how we can prevent that from happening next time and uh we'll get ready for Louisiana Monroe um, as I said, White hit three different receivers for a touchdown, Kadarian Jones, Coxie, and Antonio Gibson. Gibson had three receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Coxie, three for 41 and a score, while Jones had four for 36 and a score. So Antonio Gibson really stepping up. Uh, Mike Norvell talked about it after the game. He is a playmaker, and they – they said that he said that he did a lot of things right last year on special teams. The opportunity wasn't really there offensively, but throughout camp this year and uh, getting preparing for the season, they wanted Antonio to be an integral part of what they do. 
obviously that's magnified now without Pop Williams, but when opportunity knocks, you got to kick the door in, and that seems to be what Antonio Gibson is doing so far on this year. Um, yeah, I mean, just a good win, you know? Anytime you're able to beat Navy and beat them kind of handily, especially after the way the game started off, you'll take that and move on. As I mentioned, we got Louisiana Monroe next week who plays South Alabama on Saturday. So that'll kind of give us a gauge of what type of talent uh, ULM has. I, I didn't really tune into their game last week. They were getting beat to smithereens by some P5 school by the time I turned in. So I didn't pay too much attention to it. A um, couple other notes. The attendance last night was announced at, I believe, like 33,900 or something. I wasn't there, obviously, as I live in California. But it seemed like most people there thought that 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 was a short number, a low number. Um, Jeff Calkins was saying he thought it was more than 40,000 in attendance. Um, and a lot of friends that I talked to said they felt the same way. So I don't know what we have to do to get this attendance right. Um, and get it accurate or maybe maybe we're all just awful at guessing I guess that could be it too uh, maybe we don't know how to cluster as as well as we thought cluster count the crowd um, I mean I know I just guess when I say how many people are going to be there I don't take the time to really break it down in any mathematic formula or anything it's just off the top of the dome um, but that brings our average attendance to 37,501 through three games at Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium this year. That puts us third in the American, trailing UCF, which I think is around 44, and USF, which had like 39,000 uh, per game, uh, both through two games. So we'll see how that plays out throughout the year. We've, I think... Most of us agree that the Liberty Bowl is too big, but we also understand that there's not much really that's going to be done about that anytime soon. Um, and I think we all agree that 40,000 would be a solid number to average throughout the year. And if the team can continue to win um, as the conference race heats up for the West Division Championship and the opportunity to play in the title game, um, hopefully we'll see more and more fans. Last night was Thursday night, school night. So you can't complain about the numbers too much. You can always hope that they would be better. But it is what it is. All in all, a really good win for the Tigers, man. I'm I'm so proud of this team. They're 4-0 uh, with the opportunity to go 5-0 next week, which you know they should be able to do against ULM. And then uh, we'll get into the thick of things with conference play. Uh, Kenny Gainwell is the truth. Brady White responded. Uh, great. Antonio Gibson has been making plays all season. Special teams, shout out, baby. Shout out, Pete Limbo, if you're listening. Uh, and shout out to Adam Fuller and Coach Norvell. Uh, let's see Let's see where we can go from here. I, I don't, I'm not sold that we can go undefeated, but hey, I'm hoping for it, baby. Go Tigers. I'll talk to y'all later this week. Time.